it's just quality. Touchline takes. Insert terms a better combination than Mick Jagger and Keith Richards this. Broadcast. Touchline takes. Podcast. Excuse me. Fancy seeing you around these parts, I partner. mean, I, I don't even know if I remember how to turn my mic on. Like, is this, is this, this light means that uh, That means that it has an LED in it, I think. That, wait, that doesn't mean anything. Why? See, if I should. Yeah, it's a pretty stupid indicator. I think it just is no. telling you it's plugged in. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, do you think they remember, like, who I, I is don't who? Like your I'm voice and my I'm Carl, voice. you're Cameron, and I'm Cameron. welcome back to another episode of Touchline Takes. It's going to be a bit of a reflective episode in the sense that we've got a lot of material that we can talk about, and also we got a lot of reflecting. A lot of crazy today. things have happened in the world yeah. of of soccer over the past six months. Honestly, even less than that. Like, I mean, in Whoops. general, a lot of activity has occurred in the last two months. Oh yeah. Um, so much so that we wrote this. You know, we we like to do a little rundown, just so we our ramblings are somewhat coherent and structured. And um, I'm realizing we missed a glaring one that I'm going to bring up to Carl uh, mm, later uh, on in the episode, and we can discuss all about that. I'm going to spend this whole time thinking what that could have been. Ooh, what could it be? What could it what be? Could but it be? I don't think there's anything better to start this whole thing off of than uh, talking about how the MLS has somehow shockingly signed uh, Lionel Messi. But we've got a lot to, to talk about today. I'll just give you a quick rundown so that you guys know what to expect. We might not make it to every single thing, but, you know, it's like providing a, uh, a, a table of contents, you know. So we're going to start off with Messi. We're going to talk a little League's Cup. Uh, ML, MLS Liga Mekis action, uh, a little USL midseason review mm-hmm. because that's sort of where we are and that's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to talk a little USL Super League as part of that, so that's kind of a big thing. Uh, we're, we'll hit that up. And then we also have the Women's World Cup, which is going to be a on difficult up. one to watch. I've already seen some very interesting um, posts about like cities changing their their uh, codes for when bars can open, but it doesn't really change when they can serve alcohol. So that's been interesting to see. Hmm. Uh, um, but yeah, so let's kick it off, Carl, with um, just a question about why your cat is sleeping on top of a blanket that is on top of an unplugged air conditioner on the floor. So uh, earlier this week, um, my building's AC went out, like the central air and stuff. Absolute nightmare. So they gave us all a bunch of window air conditioners to be able to, you know, keep cool when it was really hot this week. Um, and so I've just been too lazy to put it back away. So I put a blanket on top and mm. my cat found the blanket. And now she is asleep, which is for the best. We don't want her it's true. being crazy. because Scratching she... at doors or jumping on top of things. Yeah. Oh, my God. has that. The so news, we, you can't let the cat get in the way of the news, you know? No, you can't let her get in the way. I mean, she gets in the way a lot, and I let her, so it's okay. But Yeah. She's, um, 
she enjoys it. So I don't think I'm going to be able to move this air conditioner now. It's just going to be there all Fair summer, That's all winter. Bed. Yeah. Cats will like, I have a, I've had a cat bed for my cat for the longest time. I think it was like six months would not use it, would sleep right next to it on the floor. Just, just basically like a fuck you for buying this. Like, exactly. It's idiot. domination. But very recently has just started using it all the time. So I'm like, see, you finally broke down. You knew, you knew what you needed, but all right, well, I know what the MLS needed and the MLS needed to sign Messi. You know, they had to get one of it's Messi crazy. or Ronaldo. And for legal reasons, that probably could not be Ronaldo. <laughs> So, uh, Messia was, and that's probably the better choice marketing wise. Um, definitely think so. And it's looking like Messi is going to make an insane sum of money, Carl, 50 to $60 million a year, but that's not even, that's just, just the beginning contract. of it. Right. Like yeah. allegedly, we don't know. A lot of this is still alleged. I mean, because of the whole MLS and their salary cap and designated play, like whatever all that is that MLS does, like they had to really get creative. Um, when it comes to how they were able to sign Messi, because obviously you can't pay him the amount of money, you know, clubs in Saudi Arabia wanted to, that Barcelona really wanted to. So you really had to get created. So they, you know, not only that 50, 60 million, but he's also guaranteed, supposedly guaranteed being part of the club's ownership once he retires, Crazy. as well as profits from the MLS um, broadcasting deal with Apple TV and the team's kit sales from Adidas. So he's basically getting a cut of money from all these things and yeah. basically from the MLS itself. Like Messi has been watching those like YouTube grinds, uh, have side hustle things. Like I'm surprised he doesn't get vending machines in every single uh, MLS arena as part of this deal as well. You know, got to got to pick right. up all the hustles, um, and he's he's got the revenue streams. So that it'll be interesting to see how that deal works out. I'm I'm especially curious as this is really still the beginning of the Apple TV deal. Like what kind of right. revenue split that would be for him. Yeah, um, I, I haven't seen any numbers on like how well Apple TV. I think stuff it's has done okay. I think they said something recently about uh, starting to collect. Like, there's a certain point I think at which MLS receives a kickback or Apple receives a kickback based on subscribers, and I think they've started to reach that number. So I think it's it's probably doing all right. Um, right. TV numbers were not looking spectacular. So this definitely makes great. sense to keep it a little more in-house for them. I think that's, that's the way a lot of sports are going anyways. So uh, it was probably, you know, it's something that we talked about a lot before, so we're not going to go too far into that. But I I mean, I could even see the Premier League going in this direction eventually, um, oh, having their with, own. With like Peacock. I mean, basically you can watch a lot of the games on Peacock as it is. Like, that's true. Yeah, you they, might have couple games a weekend on nbc or nbc uh what is it the... or usa it's now on usa usa yeah, yeah, yeah. which makes no sense because but... they got rid of nbc sport so right. everything's either peacock or on that so it's the but... way of streaming that's that's the way a lot of these leagues are going to be doing it now I sure mean... sure so i mean getting a getting a piece of that pie is uh it's probably a whoever whoever did that deal whether it was his agent or i'm not sure who was asking for it but uh Probably smart, um, but not so smart is the current uh, stadium situation that no. Miami has going. It's it's like New York, you know. They're one of the. It's a little bit better than New York in the sense that they're playing in what is actually a soccer field. 
but it's still temporary. It's still in Fort Lauderdale instead of Miami. And to right. be bringing arguably, I don't even know if it's arguable. I think it's probably just a fact, the world's biggest player to your club and you're playing in what is it, a temporary stadium. I don't think that's the best look. No, not at all. And I mean, luckily that, you know, sort of new stadium is in the works, but like, it, it's all a matter of if Messi will still be around by the time it's built. Like, right. I mean, the new renderings of the stadium, Miami Freedom Park um, looks incredible. It looks like it's going to be an awesome stadium. It's going to fit. How many was it? Like 25,000, 25,000 yeah. people, um, which is a great size for an MLS stadium. But that's another interesting point, though. And I think something that uh, I've already heard conversations about and potentially even uh, the team itself has been making inquiries about playing a hard rock uh, to expand those ticket sales a little bit more. I mean, I'm, I actually could not tell you how many seats are at there. I think it's like DRV pink park, something like that. It's probably, I think they, they they're sit. looking to expand it. I'm pretty sure. I think that's what they're going to yeah. try to do. Add some more temporary seats, but it's got I, like a 19,000. It's not huge capacity. No. Yeah. Cause isn't it, I think it's what was Lockhart stadium, uh, which was the Fort Lauderdale strikers original stadium. Oh, interesting. Yeah. If I remember correctly. So that's, yeah, it is. Um, so I, I know that they have talked about expanding that, but I think what we might end up seeing is a lot of away matches even scheduled in larger stadiums, whether it's a college football stadium or an actual NFL stadium. I would not be shocked to see a lot of that, especially with the success of the uh, El Trafico um, at, oh, at the, the Rose Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like 85,000. I mean, you, you put Messi or Messi playing in like Hard Rock Stadium, you're going to easily get 70,000 people there. Oh, you yeah. I, mean? like I think they, they could they could at least do a couple of those. And they might have to make it a sweet deal to to use the stadium, but uh, that'll be a revenue driver, like no doubt. Like they'll you, sell that out. They got to do it before football season starts. That's that's coming up quick. That, so is, that mean, is coming up very quick, and especially with the League's Cup running for about 10 days, probably longer than that with playoffs in uh, – july like they're not gonna have a lot of time before preseason no they're they're already talking about they expect like a sellout for messi's first game which is in a couple weeks i think like july 21st or yeah. something like that um and they're saying because with extra capacity it's going to be around like twenty two thousand. but which is like they could I mean, still they could triple that easily they, if they, they, they had easily triple that the space for it so yeah i mean it, it, i think that discussion is interesting but when you add in the fact that he will apparently become a part owner of the club like he'll just be used in in promotional material too like that's probably going to be uh, their strategy so when they're opening right. that new stadium you know there'll be a little flash pictures of Messi all over the place and you know I'm sure maybe he'll even be there to present it on its grand opening or first ever match you know right. like they'll they'll find other ways I think to use his image and likeness and actual appearances to drive that uh that type of um excitement and I, you know with with he already likes living there i think he talked yeah. he's been there multiple times before and been cited just at like a cvs and stuff so it wouldn't surprise me if he'd be very inclined to to do that too no and then i mean like like it or not and i imagine most inter miami fans do like it but messi's the club's identity like yeah there, there, there's yeah. <laughs> everything from here on out is that club messi is gonna be there. messy he played right. for three clubs well four technically if you want to include newell's old boys when he was just you know a 
child. A child. But yeah, I mean, he'll have played for three clubs, it looks like. And one of them is is Miami, which I think will probably be remembered a little bit more. I'm going to say this is kind of a bold statement. And I'm, you know, anyone can tell me I'm wrong down the line or right now. But I think he'll be remembered more for playing in Miami than playing for Paris. Oh, 100%. I thought you were going to say Barcelona, and I was about ready no, to no, jump no. off the okay. Zoom yeah, that, that would be crazy. That would be absolutely <laughs> crazy. But. I was like, that would be a bold st- I, I, you know, I know we haven't done a podcast in a while, but like you're throwing hot takes out there. But I, I definitely yeah. think he, he did nothing with PSG. The only thing that technically he did at PSG, I guess, was he won the World Cup when he was still a player for PSG. Like, he, he didn't right. win a Champions League. He there he actually lost, you know, I think there's a couple of seasons they didn't even win Ligue 1, they, you know. Leo there was won one, there one, was one I think. Oh, what, what, it yeah. was the year Leo won it a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it's, he, he didn't do anything to be remembered there at PSG. Um, no. And I don't think there was any way he was ever going to England. No way he was ever going to Germany or Italy. It, it really came down to between returning to Barcelona, which they didn't have the money for him. No, that was not going to happen as much as I think he, he wanted it to. He probably realized that there's going to be more of a financial burden on the club and he loves that club. So. Right. And, and, and at the end of the day, I think, you know, because obviously even with all these extra stuff and everything, like his contract and what he's going to be making in Miami does even scratch the surface probably of what the Saudi Arabian clubs were offering. Him. Yeah. And I think it, that's the that's that's an interesting argument because and that was actually so that uh, at the top of the episode, I mentioned another thing that we did not put on the rundown, and that was the spending splurge of the Saudi Arabian clubs over the last couple months but yeah that the fact that he turned that down i think that goes to show that he does really like miami and they still right. came up with I, let's i mean let's be clear 60 million if that it, i'm a little unclear on if that is the alleged total of all of these extra things but i think like the extra things like adidas and the apple tv portion of mm-hmm. it are extra so 60 million right up front in florida so no uh, state income tax cha-ching oh he'll be happy about that <laughs> yeah uh so that plus um those other things i think he could theoretically i'm not sure i'm not sure but maybe clear 100 mil which is crazy i mean that's about what he was getting paid at barcelona every year right and they're if they're able to match that and he gets to live in another city that he loves miami and right probably is a little closer to uh going to argentina as well if he still has family yeah. there and i mean the argent um the argentinian uh national team has a practice facility there in miami too like i don't know right, if his right. international career is yeah. completely over he could have one more world cup in him or like at least Copa america coming up next year like he he you know we have to think that the way messi's been playing the way he looked for Argentina in that World Cup, like he's still got another good three to four years left um, of like just being in, you know, sort of not the top of his ability, but, you know, just being competitive. And so, like, I don't think we're going to really see a regression from what we're used to seeing with Messi. And I mean, even more so playing in the MLS, he's going to look a lot better than, you know, 
what he probably usually does just because of the the sort of talent pool is going to be down compared to what he's used to playing yeah um, well and the talent pool is a, is a good thing to bring up because uh we've since seen a potential influx of signings for inter miami and some of which i mean we're, we're still calling these alleged or potential signings right. but they seem pretty rock solid that uh jordi alba is going to come to inter miami as well and sergio busquets i know for a bit luis suarez was also on the he menu was talking about it yeah and that gets to the point where a lot of people were talking about all right our new con our new uh not contract our new um our new roster rules incoming as a, as a result of this, like there has to be something the going on role. here. Well, I think it's just going to be like, remember during their like first couple seasons, they did a lot of strange things that ended up getting them in trouble. Yep. Like maybe MLS has just decided, well, this time around we're going to like turn a blind eye. They should just get rid of the salary cap to begin with, man. They, they like I know people here like we'll just it. Just go crazy people... with it a little bit. Right. Like, I, we're not even just, really just... saying get rid of it. Like I'm not at least. Like I get it. I get why you have it, but like go a little crazy, maybe like you know, make it significantly higher you, so that teams can do this. You you look at the valuation of how much these MLS clubs are worth. Yeah. You look at the money they probably could have to bring some top talent. And I'm not saying like messy top talent or like, but like every single no, club. Just to be like, able to fill out the middle of your roster with right. better talent than like what Liga and Mekis teams are able to do. You know, they are able to right. pay more for that, that middle of the roster and bottom of the roster, which uh, some of these older stars, if we did raise the uh, the salary cap, you know, we could probably afford more regularly. I, I'm not a huge fan of that. I would much prefer no. the strategy of, of continuing to get top young talent 100%. into the league. But um, I think we could do this easier without all this conversation about Tam and Gam and, you know, uh, deep, you know, the designated players like I just get rid of it. Really? Like I'm, I'm a little I'm a little sick of it. it, it Reading about it is complicated. It's too confusing, man. It, it just muddies up so much the sport right. and what clubs are able to do. It's keep the like, cap, though. Keep the cap. Like, if you're worried about parity, just keep that. Let's get rid of all this, like, weird and, stuff. And, and why, why the hell is the MLS worried about parity when every fucking club makes the playoffs now? Like, I mean, you, you want parity. Yeah, that's the parity. That is, we, right. are, we, have, we have it on that end. Like, and like, I'm, not, I'm not super worried about... Oh no, the poor billionaires like having to spend a little more money. I get it. Like you want the parity on the the season to season level, but like I don't care if these guys can spend a little bit more, like whatever. Right. Yeah. No, 100%. I I just I don't understand the MLS's thinking with this sort of thing because it does. Can we have like, one or the other? Yeah. <laughs> like right. like it like it, it makes Maybe maybe a little less teams in the playoffs then like uh, right if, exactly like, I don't if know. you want if you want more competitive if you if you don't want if you want this sort of parity like you don't have a team that barely scratched maybe twenty points in a yeah. season playing you know one of the top teams that is just gonna you know and yeah. I get it maybe they well, won't win maybe it'll be an upset like I don't know I don't, yeah we'll see I mean this is gonna change things I'm sure the discussion will will move a little bit and players are gonna want more. Right. You know, like I, I'm sure every single guy out there on an MLS team is going, all right, yeah, it's messy. I get it. Like, but that's still 60 million and I'm out here on like a, you know, 300 grand a year or, you know, like I, I, when I was looking the contract up again, just to make sure I was, I was quoting things semi-correctly. 
Right. It said that the the top paid player right now is Jaredon Shakiri, who's making eight point one mil. Like that, like so, you're telling me that uh, there's going to be a uh, what was it, what is that fifty two million at at the top end uh, difference right. between the first and second most like highly paid player, and then let's split that uh, fifty two million out, and that would probably be multiple teams worth of salaries right there would be a full club a difference between like mm, like uh, yeah anyways so there's that discussion going on about adding in some of his former barcelona teammates uh, i did see an article the other day about theoretically nycfc signing neymar uh if they could figure that one out but that's like obviously they're like the two biggest market draws besides los angeles right but I just find it a little ironic that those two clubs are still playing in temporary stadium situations. Like, That's, can you imagine Neymar playing in Yankee Stadium? <laughs> the house that Neymar built, right? Like, yeah, it's just gonna that I a I, little bit different than when Pele played in New York. <laughs> just a little bit different. I, I just like picturing that image in my head. It's just so like I, I can't Neymar even tell running you. out of the dugout. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I I can't even tell you if Neymar even knows what baseball is, let alone like. <laughs> I'm sure he does. He's he loves coming here right. for American sports. So I mean, uh, I I, yeah, I can't yeah. picture Neymar in a baseball he's game. He's probably though. got an Otani jersey, you know, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, you know, we 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 wonder what's going to go on with that. Uh, he's going to debut against. Uh, well, not Neymar. Messi's going to debut against Cruz Azul in the League's Cup. July 21st. It's probably a good first match. A little Liga Emekis crossover. Um, but yeah, the League's Cup also. Let's talk about that a little. That's starting up July 21st, right around the time of the Women's World Cup, which we'll, we will get to as well. Right. Um, so there's going to be a lot of soccer for that period of time. Um, this is the first year that they are essentially going to completely stop the MLS season uh, and it's every team competing and it's going to take place through a group stage. There's going to be playoffs. Uh, the group stage is going to have no ties. So it's kind of like a throwback to MLS in the nineties when uh, games would not end in ties and they do the weird half field shootout thing. Uh, instead, it's going to be like hockey where each team that makes it through 90 minutes in a tie gets a point. And then they will go to penalty shootouts to decide the eventual winner. So uh, if you're looking for a little league M M M Equis, MLS action and you want it compressed and you want it to be in tournament form factor, the League's Cup is for you. Uh, there are CONCACAF Champions League spots on the line, which I think me and Carl find particularly interesting. Because it's crazy. It now feels a little watered down. Also the CONCACAF Champions League is not doing itself any favors since I'm pretty sure they just announced a name change to that as well. So, and oh. format change. So it's like, they, they, they just, did like an everything change with it. They can't decide what they want to do in this competition. Um, how, it's how the many CONCACAF Champions Cup. I don't know, man. I, Cause there was a group stage, then they removed the group stage. Now they're changing it to this. Uh, it's like yeah. they can't figure out the formula that's going to work for it. And I mean, no formula is going to work if you keep changing it every couple of years. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't know. 
and like and, and it's just like there's so much now like there's so much of this competition I, and, and i get it like it's great like you're you're growing the sport you're showcasing the north american soccer between canada u.s mexico but it's just like there's just so much of it now man there's yeah. so much of it now what i what i think i'm actually more of a fan of is that they've put more emphasis on like the the uh, the caribbean cup and the uh i think it was it was called like the concacaf league but i think they're recreating it as just like the concacaf central american cup right. which i think is good for like getting those teams more international uh matches and then so the new CONCACAF Champions Cup will incorporate more spots for those for those teams as well which is a net positive in my opinion but you also do get the league's cup so it's like right. well MLS already has a ton of uh entrance into the competition and then League MXEs has theirs and uh, the league's cup adds an additional three spots and then you have the U.S. Open Cup as well, so that's that's a lot of a lot of births. What I do like is that the Canadian Premier League gets two automatic yeah. uh, additions into the tournament, and they already have the Voyagers Cup uh, as well. So yeah, it's the 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 international competitions of Concacaf continue to get murkier. I think the Concacaf Champions Cup is offering an increased prize of uh, five million dollars. Nice. So not a ton. I mean, when you consider I mean, what the UEFA Champions League is about a hundred mil. At least it's going up. It, it, it's yeah. a lot more than what it used to it's be. In the right so direction. It's, it's trending upwards instead of backwards. So I guess we can we can hang our hat on that. And I mean, the more the league grows, the more revenue, and the more this competition grows. Um, you know, maybe more, more eyeballs on domestic soccer here. Where um, is it still Fox? Is it Fox the one who carries it? The League's Cup? Yeah, uh, or great, who is carrying Great question, actually. That's, because I know uh, we should Fox find a podcast the... where they provide information about that. <laughs> the Fox usually does the CONCACAF Champions League, right? I'm almost positive. I think so. I can't remember how I watched it before and I'm surprised it's well they probably maybe they don't have a TV contract for this yet so they're not that might be it there's, too. there's absolutely no uh branding or anything like that that would tell you on their actual website that would well uh, show Coors you Light is the official beer of the League's Cup 2023 so um where to watch all right they have a section called where to watch they don't have oh this is on the, the CONCACAF Oh yeah, well, yeah, that's what we're looking for. Okay, um, we're getting a little distracted today, but yeah, we're all good. Where to watch? Uh, English, ESPN, or no, that's in the Caribbean, North America, United States. Fox, you are correct. Fox. Okay. Yeah. We've we've gotten everything Knew figured it. figured out here. Uh, USL mid season. Uh, I'm going to a Tampa Bay Rowdies game tonight. Uh, so I would like to, nah, we're not going to start with that. So I'm not, I would like to nothing. I would like to start you, you with where like, we said we were going to start on this. Yield the floor. Yeah. Uh, I do have season tickets and I have seen quite a few games this year, which has been oh, fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you support your local club, buy some season tickets. I know it's you're, expensive. You're, you, you got that Rowdy's jersey so, on right now yeah, too. Got the Rowdy's jersey on. I'm ready. But more importantly, my man, USL Super League was announced. We're a little late on this one, but it was announced. And shockingly, I think to most everyone, they uh, 
they took the ballsy approach and they're going to be a D1 league. Yeah. I mean, they, I, I, we talked about it a lot here when the NWSO was kind of in flux with all its sort of um, investigations oh, yeah. and incidences that were happening within the NWSL. And I remember us talking about, you know, the growth of the, you know, the professional leagues over in Europe and England mm-hmm. um, and Spain. Uh, and so I think the USL saw the writing on the wall, saw that there's sort of a, a crack in the armor, what used to be like the king of, or the queen, I should say, of, women's professional football um when it comes to the leagues right and took an opportunity to jump at it you know and call themselves a d1 league call themselves you right know. it's like usl super leagues pulling a, a meta with uh like threads you know they saw <laughs> right. they saw the opportunity and they jumped right, right. in exactly uh, I, I i like it i i think it's a great move and it when at the end of the day, even, you know, either way, it's going to push both the USL Super League and the NWSL a little bit more, which is only going to grow the women's game more. I think it's I think it's a little crazy, like uh, not necessarily I'm calling I'm not calling them crazy. I'm saying like we have we've seen this fight at the second division or like the third division in United States men's soccer, like uh, club soccer. We've never seen a top level battle like this both the division you know it's like pl we talk about pls being a little uh janky and not really being huge fans of of how it dictates what what leagues can do but uh you know up until this point we sort of always knew our mls was top and then you kind of you build out this pyramid that's um you know it's not really a pyramid because there's no actual promotion or relegation but there is effectively a pyramid here Mm -hmm. they're just saying top level battle we haven't even decided who's on the top of the pyramid yet like i'm a little surprised they were able to get the d1 sanctioning that like that was not you know shot down but i don't know if this right, means there was like more pushback like i think it's really gonna to really know if the d1 sanctioning means much we're gonna have to see the kind of quality of facilities that the usl super league puts out we already know that their their uh, payment structure is going to be in step with the USL uh, championship. They're trying to keep the same kind of parity on that uh, that front. So that that could be compelling for a lot of players who want to move here. Right. Um, they a lot of the clubs, similar to how um, Racing Louisville and North Carolina Courage exist within mm-hmm. NWSL, uh, they're they're already sort of supported by existing structures so like we're having these multi-sport clubs um for existent for example in usl uh super league we're gonna have like oakland is gonna have the uh oakland soul participating in uh the usl super league along with you know we already have uh oakland roots so they they have these structures in place which could be great for the league to kind of uh hit the ground running and that's that's not even all of the teams that are um are going to be coming into this league like a lot of them are from an existing usl structure the only one that kind of stands out as being a little there are a couple but the one of the ones that stands out as being a little different from that uh deviating from that situation is tampa bay yeah so far it looks like nothing to do with the tampa bay rowdies and so far the stadium situation looks like they're going to look to play in tampa proper so quite different but yeah and 
I, I think the most surprising, like a lot of these, I'm looking over like the markets, like Charlotte, already you have that sort of North Carolina courage and now potentially Charlotte rivalry right there, you know, between those clubs. Uh, Lexington, you know, Kentucky, close enough, you know, to Louisville. That right, also right. does that right there. Washington, D.C., Spokane, Washington, with, you know, the uh, the rain up there um, in the Pacific Northwest. Like, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to kind of have, you know, if, you know, kind of intermarket rivalries between these clubs while also the two leagues going at it, you know, between the D1 sanctioning and stuff. Yeah, so. and the question comes up, like, what kind of – moves will the teams like louisville and uh nc courage make like will they want to if everything is looking like it's progressing well with the usl super league it's growing adding in a lot more teams like especially if these teams mostly come from the usl championship slash usl league one already existing clubs like mm -hmm. they could add in a ton of teams super quickly and and nwsl has been a little bit slower to add that kind of level of team so if you know they they start to have a 20 team league in the next five years there's gonna be some nwsl clubs that are asking questions they're going you know is this are we still in the best position here right. what kind of players are moving over to usl super league i mean if we get the second that a u.s women's national team player starts playing in usl super league instead that, that's I think that's, that's what it'll really mirror, heat right? up. Yeah, I mean, so just just for some context for those of you that don't want to actually go to the uh, the article here, we have uh, let's see. So Lexington, I believe, is part of uh, Lexington Sporting Club. So they're going to be starting out. Phoenix, the USL Super League team from Phoenix, is uh, led by Phoenix Rising FC. Yep. Um, Tucson, Arizona is led by the FC Tucson, who dropped down to League Two this year, but they'll probably eventually be coming back. Um, we also have so one that's kind of interesting that I think we talked about is Washington, um, Washington's club, which is actually partnered with DC United of MLS. Interesting. So that, that could be interesting. I would be curious to see if we'll if we see a couple of teams that uh, come from MLS more or less um chattanooga led by uh chattanooga red wolves they're supposed to join later on this is uh there's a couple that have announced but they're not like we're going to be in the in inaugural season right uh, indianapolis indy 11 jacksonville is going to be the same uh group that's starting the jacksonville tim uh, tebow yep championship club uh, and then Oakland, we talked about that. I believe uh, Madison is led by forward Madison as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if that keeps continuing on, like we could see a lot of those come to fruition as a result of an already existing championship or League One club. Yeah, I mean, we start with uh, the USL. Um, what was the semi-pro women's? Uh, oh, the W League. The W League. Yeah. You know, a lot of USL clubs decided to, you know, and I think right. um, like Detroit, for example, like that's right. another one that I could see later right. on if they had the funding. Exactly. Joining the USL Super League. 
no, this is this is an opportunity to you know get involved with the women's game and grow the women's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the women's gr- game has absolutely taken off over the last five years. You look at attendance numbers. Some of these clubs are pulling now, like ex- you know maybe not here in the U.S., but especially over in Europe, um, it's it's insane. You know, seventy thousand, seventy five thousand fans at a match. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's crazy to think where we are and where we were when it comes to sort of the excitement around the women's game and the growth around it. And so the more teams that get involved, the more it's going to grow and, you know, competition, competition is good. Like, I I think this is going to be great for women's soccer, especially here in the U S no. And I I had the opportunity to finally attend an NWSL game. Uh, recently I was out in San Diego and I saw San Diego wave Saw them play Portland Thorns, and that that stadium was was pretty packed. Like, uh, I don't know what the actual capacity is at Snapdragon, but it was a great experience. You know, I got to see Alex Morgan out there. I've never seen her uh, play before in person, so that was really cool. Like, uh, a lot more of that's gonna gonna keep happening. I know there's, um, I think, San Francisco Bay NWSL team that is in the works as well. So both of these leagues growing like getting soccer wars on the women's side of the game is going to be interesting i love it but i I, i'm not as long as it's a net positive for the women's game here i think as long as it's just providing more opportunities to women to get paid to play soccer like that's a positive to me if this ends up hurting that i don't know if i view it so much as a positive i i definitely I wouldn't, you know, I don't want to see any clubs really have to fold as a result of this, but it right. does leave a weird, like there's now no, you know, second division. I think there's a third for third division professional women's league that's coming to fruition as a result of like the whistle, not whistle. There's, there's some other league down. There's a bunch of like fourth tier women's leagues. Um, that are WPSL, I think, is trying okay. to create a third tier women's professional league. So, but there will still be that gl- that like glaring miss between first tier and third tier. Do I don't think know the W League ever becomes if they, maybe no, because I think I think that's you know they want to keep a hold of that like they have league two, like they want to have yeah. a development league because their whole I mean think about it the whole USL slogan for the last couple of years has, has been path to pro path to pro path to pro. So right. they want to have that, that grassroots to pro. And if they're, they're missing a couple steps in between, that's probably okay with them. Like, you know, they have their USL Academy, they have uh league two slash W league and then league one championship and super league that provide that actual pro tier. Right. So, um, I don't, I don't think they'll try to mess that up. I think they want to keep that development as some of their main focus, especially with clubs continuing to be able to um, sell on players to Europe and, yeah. and and make these massive profits that basically pay for an entire season since they're not doing anything crazy at the top tier yet for professional salaries. So, yeah, uh, that's what's going on in Super League. Um, we haven't even gotten to talk about the championship yet. No, but we... It's, there's just so much to talk about with the Super League. It's a lot of excitement. It's you know? very exciting. It's, it, it's, we've been seeing the writing on the wall for, wow, for almost, I think, a year now since yeah, they like yeah. originally we announced. 
um, what was going to happen and to kind of see it coming together. And basically, you know, there's, there's this, you know, blueprint now of what we're going to expect. And, you know, it's set to kick off next August. So, I mean, it's, it's an yeah. exciting time for the women's game. It's, uh, uh I, I'm like, I, I, I think it just floored everyone when they said, uh, we're going toe to toe with NWSL. We all thought like, great. Like this is a, a middle tier professional league starting up, like seems reasonable. It's going to be that, that stepping stone before, uh, players can get to NWSL. Right. That's kind of neat. Like we don't have that yet. What's that going to look like? And they just went right through the, for the throat instead. So we'll see. We'll see so how it goes. Do. I'm excited. Um, there's a lot of great work happening on it. Uh, but as we have, you know, things like that heading in one direction, we have Jake Edwards, who is the president, who was the president of USL uh, in general, the whole umbrella. He's moving on. He is going to Huddersfield Town as their CEO. Good for him. Jake Edwards has seen quite a bit of positive growth for you, overseen quite a bit of positive growth for the USL their last couple of years, I think about five years, something like that, maybe even more yeah. than that. I, I mean, the, the league itself has grown immensely underneath yeah. uh ever since i think he was he took the position like 2015 i think it was around there and i mean just in the four years like it completely restructured itself into a three-tier system right. like you know and and arguably a pretty successful three-tier system i mean not too often have we seen clubs fold you know you've you've had instances where some clubs might have club comes and goes but like right I think it, if you did it as a percentage of the league, it's definitely been massively declining. I think our only biggest, like you see comments now where people realize like when we're making fun of Nisa or something like that, right. yeah, Nisa is genuine, genuinely on edge of collapsing. Like, and it's going to continue that way until we, we see some strong signs pointing otherwise, but USL is not at that point anymore. Now, 10 years ago, yeah, it might have yeah. been less clear on on that end. Like in 2013, could USL have, have collapsed the next season? Maybe. Very like, easily. Maybe not every team, but a good I mean, amount you, of them from year you, to year. You, you saw Orlando City, you know, left the USL to go yep. to the MLS. What that was, was that happening about? a lot too, yeah. Yeah, like you, you just saw the MLS kind of poaching away these areas and moving into these areas that kind of unfortunately pushed out that usl team i mean right. like a couple of years ago the big one i remember is st louis like unfortunately right. st louis just kind of fell under um and we talk about it a lot here too like we were scared shitless during the pandemic like but, what's but gonna sort happen of, sort of fortunately like I, i'm not sure if that's just see the thing is here it's like okay is that great leadership maybe maybe like in, in strong part like jake edwards has done good things for the league made sure you know that they are vetting everything not just not just the ownership, but how they're dealing with players. Like, are they treating them well? All of this stuff. But maybe that's also just MLS is running out of markets, first of all, and not just running out right. of markets, but running out of people that are willing to pay half a billion dollars. Like, right. that may be a, a slight part of this. If you if MLS was still charging $20 million to make a new franchise, I'm sure teams like Tampa, Jacksonville, or sorry, markets like Tampa, Jacksonville, um like San Antonio, they'd, they'd be in the league by now. But right. I think that's got to be a big factor that 
Yeah, no. the cost the cost is definitely it's more financially accessible. Um, and you know they're like we've talked about too. They're looking at markets that isn't just those big markets. Like they're moving into areas and parts of the country to grow the game that you wouldn't think of. That probably an MLS team would never think of kind of moving into because it doesn't have that draw. Like it yeah. isn't that big market. Like um, uh, Statesboro, I think is is got to be one of the best examples of like an area that MLS is never gonna come into and they've been able to be successful you know yeah. what they do like uh i'm talking about um south south georgia tormenta fc like they've they've won w league they've won league one and they're in the i think the smallest usl market oh yeah like, like it's tiny it, yeah. it's absolutely tiny but like the excitement and I've, I mean, I've never been to a game that's there. Right. Um, I'd love to get to go at some point, but I can only imagine like what kind of feeling it is like, you know, and these clubs are kind of like, they've embraced that kind of character, you know, the, yeah. the community, the grassroots, um, forward Madison is another great example of like a club in a smaller market that probably the MLS would never move into, right. but it, it has taken off. I mean, they, they just do such a great draw, uh, job. They draw great crowd every single match um and it's just kind of you know that growth you know maybe it's great leadership under jake edwards maybe it was just kind of you know right place right time yeah. with the growth of soccer in this country anyways you know like all, all you had to do was not fuck it up right like which right. unfortunately for a lot of these lower league divisions they do a very good job at doing that well, and he had a good, I think what, what helps Jake Edwards is that, you know, he had his own playing career and, and I think, uh, you know, you could also argue that being in a lot of, uh, lower league teams in his playing career might've helped him understand the, the culture here in the United States. Like he, he both played college soccer in the United States and briefly played for Charleston battery. So he has uh, a little bit of that American soccer knowledge that was probably synthesized with what he uh, played through in lower leagues in, in England as well. So, right. um, I mean, I it, it probably was just a combination of a lot of things just working well, and you can't you can't fault him. I think he he did a great job. So yeah, uh, this is probably a, a a great move for him as well. Uh, he gets to cut his teeth at a, at a different level and uh i'm you know as a ceo of a club i think that might be a perfect spot for him just yeah. making sure that they are operating as effectively as possible exactly uh, without having to be too involved in the day-to-day -day football operations so right no i think he'll be great i think you know it's a great opportunity for him um, I still think the MLS or the, sorry, the USL is in, it's in good hands. Um, I'm nothing about his departure has me concerned with the direction the league's going to go. I think mm -hmm. the blueprints there, I don't think, um, there's going to be too many deviations from where it's already going. It's, you know, it's, it's had a good growth. Oh yeah. And as long as they continue to hire good people, uh, which I think, for example, we were just talking about the USL super league, uh, Amanda Vandervoort is, in yep. charge of that well actually i don't know if i ever told you but i, I had the opportunity to, to i met her at a rowdy's game oh that's awesome um, and with with what they've been able to put together so far for the usl super league i think that's just showing that they're vetting the correct people to be in charge of this stuff and mm -hmm. um 
I, I think the USL is in good hands. And we've kind of talked about uh, some recent developments in USL for a long time here. So we haven't really been able to actually get to what's been going on in USL on the playing field. So we're going to just do some quick thoughts here. One of which I'm pretty proud to say we basically predicted. Yeah. Uh, and that is that is Charleston playing as, as well as they are. I believe they are at the Great top of the so table far. right now. Uh, and we basically said that was a that uh, we I mean we expected things to go well for them. I don't know if we expected it to go this well. I'd have to go back and listen to some old thoughts. But top of the table, uh, thirty one points, tied with uh, Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay right now. And yep. Memphis has a game in hand, so they could actually also be tied with all of them. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's that was one of the the, the the biggest turnarounds. I actually can't remember their position for last year, but it was close to yeah. the bottom of the table. Yeah, they weren't too good last year. Um, I also I love I love if staying in the Eastern Conference, seeing Loudon United. Um, I mean they only have 19 points. They're hanging on to that last playoff spot, but with everything you know, with MLS Next Pro, them kind of breaking away from DC United, kind of forming their own thing, becoming independent. Um, to see them, you know, have a, I guess, pretty successful season halfway through so far is, uh, yeah. it's a positive development, you know, that, that club's really looking for a new identity now. Um, it's playing in a great part of the country where there's a lot of excitement around soccer right now. Um, so I think I've even seen like their attendance has been going up. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think they've been, at least I've seen the marketing looks pretty good. Like they've separated themselves, I think, sufficiently from uh, DC United. So it is kind of funny, you know, Charleston getting a new, uh, not a new owner, a new uh, coach in Ben Pierman, who was Mm -hmm. at Memphis, did really well. Uh, Speaking of Memphis, actually still managing to do quite well, even without that, that coach. And then uh, Loudon getting new owners and, and performing quite well. Like I remember going to Loudon matches last year and, or, Loudon when they were came and played the Tampa Bay Rowdies and like mm-hmm. they were just it was easy every game was like a, a pretty much a guaranteed win so right. it's nice to see them picking things up uh some other thoughts El Paso is back on the top back. of the table after you know their their initial couple seasons of of being high up the the western conference table to last year's kind of floundering they're they're mm-hmm. back um they're doing well in the Rowdies, uh, early season, they really struggled. Now, as I mentioned, back on top of the table. So that's been fun to see happen. Um, who do they have? Who are they playing tonight? Who do you got? Oh, I think they're playing Oakland tonight. Ooh. Off the top of my off the top of my head. That would be a nice match. Um, the Western Conference, Monterey Bay. Yeah. Right now in fifth. A new club. That's relatively new. Uh, relatively I think this is their new. second season. So. Yeah, that's that's fun to see. They've they've I mean, not recently, my goodness, they lost four nothing to Colorado Springs and three one to Orange County their last couple matches, but uh they beat Sacramento. Sacramento's having, you know, USL or US Open Cup uh finalists, Sacramento Republic. Um and then San Antonio. I mean, San Antonio is a fun team to watch. If you guys haven't had a chance to watch their attacking sort of style of football, it's uh a lot of fun they're the the top scoring league in the league or the top scoring club in the league um and you know it's it's a lot of fun to watch them play you know it's exciting football they they do they don't give up a lot of goals either so um yeah 
it's uh it's fun to see that kind of attacking style in in the USL championship. So Oh, and I, I should say, um, I did get to see San Diego Loyal play as well when I was out in San Diego, so I made quite the uh the soccer trip. Uh I was gonna go see a Nisa game as well, go see Albi in San Diego, but their games were just on super weird days and like times, so I couldn't really make that work either. Like one PM on a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, like weird <laughs> like that. Uh and then final thoughts on USL championship right now. Las Vegas Lights FC is still at the basement of uh, USL, I think they actually have the lowest points total amongst both uh, conferences. So it's just like what I'm. I, that's a market that I I think like MLS obviously is coveting, and it won't really be that big of a loss to the USL. I mean, it doesn't seem like the Las Vegas, Vegas lights are really even trying at this point. No, I I don't even know what moves they made this off season to. I, I have no clue, things. man. I don't even know where they play. Like it's just a whole mess. So, um, yeah. but yeah, no, it's going to be a fun second half this season in the USL. Um, I am a little disappointed that Detroit City, uh, they're still three points out of a playoff spot, so they're not in awful position. Um, they got a couple games in hand on Loudon, who's the yeah. last playoff spot right now, but. You know, just kind of disappointed to see them down there. And like you said, Indy 11, oof, just kind of, I thought there yeah. would be better. Um, I definitely thought there would be better uh, this season with kind of the announcement of, what was it, the new stadium that they're building a new stadium? Yeah, the new like 20,000 seat stadium that is so yeah. very clearly not intended for USL. <laughs> I think we can, we can agree that... Uh, there is oh hold on what the heck you just can you hear me i got you can you hear me oh no what just happened oh cameron just <laughs> lost all audio we can still hear him he might say random words here this is what happens guys when you don't do a podcast in about four months so uh yeah we just had some brief audio issues <laughs> um that was fun that was great. Oh, we, we've, we've been having audio issues before we even started recording today. So uh, if you hear that in the recording, then cool. Super duper. <laughs> great. It's all, we're all human. Um, um, oh, so what was the point we were, oh, we were talking about Indy 11 So like Stadium. I was saying, you know, 20, I woke 000, up the night, yeah. I was handcuffed to the bed. Um, that just happens to you a lot, but it just it's actually because Carl turns into a werewolf in a full moon. So right. it's, nothing, it's nothing weird up. unless you think werewolves are so weird. You can see these marks on my yeah. All right. So Indy 11, 20,000 seat stadium. Definitely right. not for USL. Definitely nope. not. No. Nope. I mean, maybe. No, no. I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, like, do they have the five? I don't, actually don't know who their owner is. Do they have 500 plus million dollars to splurge on becoming an MLS club? Plus building the stadium? I doubt yeah, it. I doubt it. Nope. All I'm right. Gonna, I'm going to say no. <laughs> That's going to be my guess. But um, even more exciting news. Women's World Cup, the U.S. looking to defend their title coming up in just a couple weeks now. Um, it's going to be in New Zealand and Australia, the land down under. Um, should be a lot of fun. I am actually very excited, Cam, for this World Cup. After watching, mm. where was it, Euros, was it last year? And seeing kind of, you know, the excitement around the Euros and, you know, the yeah. draw and kind of the coverage. Um, this part of the world, you know, it's, it is tough because of the times of those matches. And... Yeah, it's going to be hard. I think I might have mentioned it earlier, but like, 
I know there's a lot of cities where bars are going to open early, but like they still technically can't serve alcohol. So you can just right. go to a bar, hang out, totally stone cold sober at like 4 a.m. to watch a <laughs> Women's World Cup. I, I, I've been in bars at 4 a.m. and most of the time I'm not stone cold sober. So uh, I can only imagine a different experience. Gonna be, it's going to be a completely different experience. Um, no, uh, I think I just think. We, we were mentioning our favorite word on this podcast might be the word parody, um, but we're mentioning the parody, uh, I, I think, even within the women's game now, um, especially when it comes to national teams. Oh, I thought you I said s- parody. I'm like, we talk about parodies a lot. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I Okay, yeah, parody. Yeah. <laughs> we're still having audio issues, folks. Yeah, clearly. No. There's intelligence uh, issues at this point. <laughs> so, I mean, the the rest of the world has caught up to the U.S. Um, I think the U.S. obviously still the favorites going into the, this uh, World yeah, Cup. Yeah, I think at the club level, they're they're definitely getting there. It's the 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 full full on national team depth that may not quite have settled in for a lot of countries yet. But yeah, it's I, getting I think, there. I I think at this point, the last couple World Cups, the U.S. has a bad game. They still win. I think you might see at this World Cup, the U.S. has a bad game in a knockout round. They mm-hmm. might get you know, sort of caught sleeping um, just because I think a lot of these other clubs, Germany, Sweden, England, France, mm-hmm. um, all have the talent to kind of punish um, the U.S. Uh, if they sort of come into the game not really, I don't want to say focus, but kind of expecting another easy sort of route to the world cup finals and another world cup title um yeah i mean i i so like we were we're just looking at like what the most recent fifa rankings were and one i think that i have to say is kind of my dark horse candidate that could really um really like surprise a lot of people maybe and maybe not i mean if you're familiar with the world of women's club soccer i don't think you'd be super uh surprised by spain maybe particularly having a great performance like the that barcelona women's team uh the last couple of years insane yeah. <laughs> absolutely insane so yeah. uh a lot i mean most of that squad is spanish so i think that that could definitely translate well it could be like you know the 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 spain team of what the late 2000s into the 2010s that yeah. on the men's side that that just dominated uh international oh, yeah. soccer there's so. fantastic to watch there's a fun brand of football to watch too um i also think canada is a, a scary team they just yep. won the olympics uh what was it last year was the summer when was the summer olympics was that last year one. i think it was in 21 in japan because yeah. it was supposed to be 2020 Okay. Yeah. So the, uh, you know, Canada winning the gold medal at the Mm. summer Olympics. Um, you know, I think they have a good chance. Brazil always has a good team. Like it's, there's a lot of good teams. There's going to be a lot of fun soccer being played in this world cup. Um, and again, all it's only going to grow the women's game. Um, I do wish that there was better times for the game and I wouldn't have to wake up at 4am, 5am to be watching, but you know, it's uh, it's gonna be an exciting brand. Who's who's cover? Is it Fox who has the the women's game? That's a great question. We don't know any of this streaming stuff. No, it changes so much. It's hard to keep up with these. And honestly, sometimes even when there is a game, 
I, I find it so hard to determine where it's on. Like if it's not yeah. explicitly posted on like foot mob or something, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of Google searching to find this. Oh, way too much Google searching, man. Just some like some service needs to, I think something could make some good advertising dollars if they just had it perfectly lined out without right. a bunch of fluff. Like I don't need to read a million things. Just give me like a, a table that, or like a search button where it's just what team pulls up their fixtures, pulls up the, the broadcaster, uh, Fox. Yep. Same Fox. Fox, which has been uh, kind of falling down the pecking order in terms of broadcasters. For oh, CBS yeah. has done a great job with their Champions League coverage. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they've also done well with their Serie A coverage. Um, NBC, they continue to do what they do with uh, the Premier League. So, yeah, it's uh, we'll see how Fox does. But, yeah, so that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to watch games. I may have to do a lot of, like, watch them later. I'll watch the stream after it happens because I don't think I'll be waking up at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. doesn't no, matter. I mean... I, it really doesn't matter men's, women's, what league's playing. I'm probably not waking up at three no. or four a.m. to maybe, watch maybe, that game. Maybe later on in the competition or something. Yeah, like if the, fi- I'll, the finals, semifinals. I'll give it a man, shot. If the, fi- if the finals on at four a.m., man, I'm writing a strongly worded letter. It would to... be better if they were on at two a.m. I'd be more likely to watch it at two a.m. because I'd just <laughs> right. stay up super late. Yeah, <laughs> right. Rather than the four a.m. having to go to sleep and then get yourself up and wake yeah. up. Yeah. yeah no i'm i wouldn't be a fan <laughs> yeah it, it would make a lot more sense what is even what is it eight hours the time difference <sighs> i'm asking way too many I don't know. Questions. yeah we're, 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 we're playing <laughs> let's google things today that's what this podcast is it's just let's google stuff it's just no. carl ask questions and instead of using google i just google it for him and provide him right. the answer that, that's pretty much what we do anyways right like yeah. that's that's how things go uh We'll who, just we'll who, just who won know, the women's World Cup? I think 20... we just need to figure out how to make Chat GPT with Siri because that's what Carl needs, right. and he could just make a whole podcast <laughs> talking. I to... could just be by myself. I wouldn't even need you. Anymore. Yeah, he doesn't need a co-host. He just needs something that will answer his questions in a that's sufficient amount of time. All you are It's just I'm. I don't even bring anything else to this table. Yeah, I just Carl ask actually you... doesn't even know anything about soccer. He just comes no, here and asks me questions <laughs> to get his like bi-monthly check-in on what's going on with this the world of soccer. This is basically my therapy session. Like, yeah. this is court-mandated. I have to do this. He's been able uh, to fake his lower league soccer knowledge for, for years now, which is not an easy thing to do, but <laughs> right. when you have AI-powered uh, responses, it's pretty easy. Right. Maybe I am an AI. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm Ooh, just... We should do that. We should have ChatGPT write us a script about the USL and see what it comes up with. Although I, I like think that we'd probably have to use like uh, one of the different services because I think Chat OpenAI's like ChatGPT doesn't have like content past a certain year, like it doesn't mm. know anything past like 2020, 2019, something like that. So interesting. All right, well, Carl, it's a good idea. Any final thoughts? I'm kicking you off. You're kicking me off. Am I yeah. getting banished from this podcast? You're getting banished. I'm gonna... well, I have a couple. I have a whole list of things I want you nope, to Google. not happening. Gonna... This is the end. All right, bye, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys.